back to the So Off Script podcast. I am your host, Jessica Taylor, and we are still in Black Business Month. We are celebrating Black businesses. But today, I really wanted us to take this a little different. And we're going to focus a little bit on Black services, such as mental health and wellness, meditation as well, and my favorite thing, Black love. So this week, I am joined with one of my favorite girlfriends, one of my sorors, one of the people that sits on my board of directors for maintaining great mental health and wellness, Miss Brittany Brady. So if you guys can welcome Brittany. Brittany, girl, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that, I know you talked about doing this and coming on. I was like, no, you're definitely going to do it. Brittany was also like, girl, I'll cover some sessions for you. I was like, say Less. <laughs> so no, I'm super excited that you're here, and I know you've been watching the show. So we're gonna recap. I think we're like episode eight or whatever. I don't know. I'm just at this point. I'm like, can we just be done um, of the show? So we're gonna recap this episode. In this episode, we talked about meeting the friends. So last week, the ladies met the guys' exes, and then this week, we are meeting. They are meeting our friends. And so I would just say this was a very, it was a very interesting piece. Um, but before we get too deep into it, I want to give you opportunities to introduce yourself and all of those great things that you're doing within the wellness and meditation space as well, too. Thank you. And yes, you know, I was happy to cover an episode because, you know, you're my girl. <laughs> um, but also because I think mental health and wellness is so essential. So I have a small boutique consultancy um, where it's called SBHB. Yep. My initials, whatever you want to ask me, I contain multitudes. I can help out. Um, but a lot of my work is around wellness consulting. So talking through what people are dealing with. It's not a therapeutic space. It's a consulting space that so we're getting to the solutions oriented space of it. Um, um, and I also do weekly meditations for us to all come together as a community, everyone that is within my wellness practice and even just people in my broader community for us to recenter. Normally I do them on Mondays. I've given myself grace this summer to do them whenever I feel like because that's important. But yeah, it's a key piece of my life and how I keep myself centered as a woman and as a human being. You know, and I think so for those who are just joining, Jessica Taylor here with the Soft Script Podcast. And I'm here joined with Brittany Brady, who has a meditation boutique consulting uh, space called Ask A-S-K-B-H-B. And one thing, too, I found I, I know you were always into this, but I think it really peaked up during the pandemic. Yes. And then on Clubhouse. Um, so I was on Clubhouse one day. And, you know, this is the time when everyone is like somebody's celebrity's brother, sister, cousin. It was that time when like everybody had these inflated back. I was like, who? OK, anyway. And so I came across, uh, I know you was talking about doing some meditation. So my other good girlfriend, Jojo, she does them too. And I joined one of your meditations. And that was the first time that I actually did a meditation on my own, right? So, like, I did one when I went to Thailand. Uh, we did one there, you know, like, in the monks with right. the, and all that kind of stuff. And then you see them, and I'll say, okay, I'm doing one at the end of my yoga experience, and never would do it, right? And so that day was the first day I actually did a real meditation. And I'll tell you, it was such a grounding experience mm -hmm. in terms of just getting re-centered on what's important. Because, like, granted, I pray every morning. Right. I do my devotion. And then after that, I'm moving. Right. And then sometimes I forget to pray until I get to the door. Like, oh, my God, I'm about to walk in. Let me pray. But the meditation really allows you to kind of center yourself and center your energy and then really kind of reshift my focus for what I was focused on for that day as well. Right. So how do, is, is that something that you feel that meditation does or that you enjoy about it? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a prayer warrior. I yeah. am very fervent in my prayer life. And I actually was on a prayer call during the pandemic mm -hmm. and they started asking me to meditate after 
we talked about whatever the, the scripture really? was. Yes, because as much as we pray, that's us talking to God. That's us putting something into the atmosphere. Yeah. Meditation gives me time and space to say, okay, if I need to hear from God, where's the space to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're meditating, you're calming your mind down to hear yourself and also to hear from God, depending on what your belief system is. And so yeah. for me, that's what made it so grounding. Instead of me putting something out, I'm giving myself space to receive. Yeah. And I, but that's another thing too. I feel like sometimes not even just as people, but as faith-based believers and then also as women, we're so always giving, 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 pouring, 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 checking in, you know, following up that we never really get the opportunity to just kind of sit right. and receive things. You know, like even in prayer time, sometimes I was talking to my best friend and she has uh, smaller kids. And so, you know, she would do our prayer in the morning and you hear the babies banging on the door. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> she doesn't really get a time to just sit and receive because something always needs mm -hmm. her and her attention. And I know in this episode, you know, within the Friends Day, we talk about the importance also too of therapy right. and understanding that meditation and therapy truly, I feel, need to go hand in hand. Absolutely. I'm a therapy evangelist. Um, and it's because so many people are constantly giving, doing. Mm -hmm. You're not focused on your being, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Therapy gives you that opportunity. Meditation gives you that opportunity. The two combined gives you the space to say, okay, if I'm not in optimal mental health, what do I need to do to get back there? If I am needing more support, how am I talking it through with someone who is not part of my community that needs me, right? Yeah. Which is the real benefit of therapy in my mind. And then meditation, of course, is just you saying, no, this is my time to slow down. And my son has definitely been banging on the door when I'm meditating. And he'll say, oh, mommy's meditating, right? When he was younger, he didn't understand. Yeah. Now he understands that this is my mother, but she's also a person who has boundaries that I have to respect, that I have to be mindful of. As the mother of a son, I think that's essential for him to know, like, everyone deserves care. Everyone deserves space. And this is my mother prioritizing that for herself. And hopefully he does the same for himself and that he respects others who do that too. Yeah, I like and I think it's too very important that you're teaching him this very early, you know, like going through this process um, of dating. You're not just dating, but you're dating multiple people at one time. And what in front of cameras? In front of cameras? <laughs> so it's it's a lot. And, and, I, and, it, and I have a newfound respect for reality TV stars like I really do, because no matter what I feel like for me. My goal was I want to show up as my authentic self, mm -hmm. um, but look, but there's the but, but I don't want to come off too much of this and I don't want to come off too much of that. So you're kind of teetering as to what you're, because you also don't know what they're going to use. Right. Right. Like I was like, I, this, I understand we have 15 people or 40 people, whoever we need on the show, but I was just like, there are so many other things that I discuss. And I had a lot of good, funny moments, you know, that I would thought wish that they would show. But I understand now that they need characters, right? Right. Seeing all that to say, it really taught me, though, the importance of understanding and maintaining my boundaries. Because there were certain dates like, oh, we need you to go do this at this. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And it's not that I'm being, um, you know, I want to be agreeable with what everything is going on. It's just that's just does not sit well within my spirit. That part. And the fact that you yeah. thought about it, you know, some people would be like, oh, well, if the show is asking me or, oh, you know, this will give me more content or whatever the case may be. But you came in saying, no, I'm actually looking for a love relationship. Yeah. It happens to be on a reality show, but I need to be as authentic as I would need to be in that relationship 
in this setting, right? right? And that intention, I wish it could come across. I mean, and I feel like it has been, you know, like people can see like a lot of your funny moments are around you being real churchy and you know, we're both church girls, Listen, you know, and that's really, that's authentically who you are. So I yeah. feel like people are getting glimpses of that, but some of the other things like your service and like the scholarship, all of the things that you do the for things. the community and, and it's fun, right? Like you're never like, oh, I'm just out here slaving away. Like, no, a lot of your service <laughs> is like fun, like community yeah. oriented things. Like I wish they showed that. And I imagine other people on the show probably have things like that, that we would want to know as viewers. Oh, totally. Because there were some other um, girls on the show who are no longer here. Like one, I will say is Kira. Um, I feel like Kira is great for TV. Like, mm -hmm. she is great for TV. And me and Kira went on a couple of uh, group dates, right? And I really enjoyed, like, me and Kira could do, like, fun shade. You know, like, there was a scene where um, they had her leaving and I was coming in because we were on a group date with Marie. And so Kira, was, I was like, I'm here, ladies. And so Kira was like, but not for too long. And I was <laughs> like, well, it's time for you to go, boo. It was fun. It was you know, fun. It wasn't, yeah. um, it wasn't mean or aggressive. It was just, like, fun shade. And I felt like she had so many other funny moments because I think, granted, yeah. we have differences on how we see things, but I still think she's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was funny. And I really didn't like how it was all angled around this one thing. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't think that that was fair. Yeah, I mean, and she also had, like, that cheerleader bubbly kind of, like, energy. Very much so. But, again, astute viewers will see through the fact that they're trying to, like, create or, yeah. like, maintain a storyline, right? Like, I could see that, like, oh, you know, there's probably other layers to, like, why she has that perspective or why she's showing up in this way or why she's, like, actually, I really can't deal with you dating someone else, right? Like, I need to be, like, this. Like, I feel like, again, if you're thinking through what you're seeing, mm -hmm. but... We all know most people are just watching TV for entertainment. And so they're making and judgments and assumptions and that, all of that. I think that's the hardest thing is right. when you're doing it is watching it and you're just like, that is not what happened. Or that is not what was said. <laughs> you want to get ahead of it? Like, that is not what was said. That is right. not how that happened. Because I think the thing for me right now are these eyes. Like the eye cuts, girl, like. I, but you do roll your eyes. All the time. So they probably have plentiful material. <laughs> Like, <laughs> okay. Like, and the thing about it too, I never realized how much I roll my mm -hmm. eyes until this show. Cause like I'm rolling my eyes, literally answering the question. And I'm not even really rolling my eyes. A lot of times I'm thinking through what I'm getting ready to say. Right, right. And so I'm closing my eyes to kind of gather my thoughts. However, when you cut it up, it looked like a girl, she rolled her eyes about everything. Now, there are some moments where the eye roll is very warranted and it was in that time, right? But I just don't like that because it's creating unnecessary, you know. But, I mean, it's TV. But you're also a girl's girl, you know? Always. And so you always want to make sure that that is how all girls are portrayed as much as that is true for them, right? And yeah. so, like, the good girl energy, I feel like that came across, though, like, in the lounge. Like, everybody's kind of, like, I feel like this episode had a little bit of like that fun shade. Y'all had a little kiki moment in yeah, the in the lounge. So, you know, that I feel like that's been coming across. Yeah, I feel like we've had been having good times um through a lot. It's just what they want to show. Right? You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. So anyway, back to meditation and wellness. So I think too, within this was understanding boundaries. And then more importantly, too, was finding something that allowed you to remain centered. Mm. Um, because when you're doing something like this, you there's so many different energies that you're being pulled. And then too, you gotta remember we don't know each other. It's true. So we're meeting each other. Well, all of us didn't know each other. There are a, a couple of groups of friends that known each other 
from Dallas prior to getting on the show. Uh, but with that, you're still trying to get to know yourself, get to know, not yourself, but knowing your group, you know your rhythm. So I think it was very important for me, like, understand the importance of meditation because I wouldn't always be able to meditate but like sometimes I'll just cut it on on my phone right. and like listen to it in the car like while I'm waiting or like on call time or whatever and it was very helpful in just trying to center the moment and like center yeah. myself within that space because it was a lot and I mean what other environment are you in where you can get so swept up right like it's a very it's very Quick. easy to get that kind of vibe going on but I mean I think you knowing on the like front end, this is something I need to do to center myself. Like mm-hmm. I can't come in there like fresh off of something like you're constantly in calls, you're constantly doing things like you're a very busy person. So I'm proud of you for like saying, you know what, let me take a second to breathe before I'm around all of these energies, all these people, mm-hmm. they're new, you know, and that, that takes, that's that's an energetic pull when you're getting to know that's people. Special. And you have a camera, you have a camera. They're watching all of your reactions to, oh, I didn't expect for that person to say this or, huh, did they just say that back to me? Like all of those reactions that you get when you're getting to know someone is captured on camera. So all the time. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's Listen, like I say, the respect level is like up here now. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would never say I wouldn't do it again. You know what I'm saying? That's and, good to know. Yeah. Because at the end, but more importantly, for me, I wanted to learn more things about myself. And I feel like I did that through this process, right? I think a lot of times um, I learned that. So uh, let me say this back up. I went in to address some typical dating behaviors. Okay. I cut everything off (laughs) at the nose. Believable. (laughs) At the nose. Like you cough wrong, you do like, that's the end of that. Like, I don't want, I I know (laughs) why you're single. Like you can't get rid of everything, right? But so this, I was like, I can't block, delete remove everything like I normally do. You have to stay committed to the process, right? Mm. And so a lot of times where I would have been like, I'm done with this. No, girl, you got call time tomorrow and you got to show up again and go on another date with this person again and bring your best foot forward again, right? And so it really pushed me in terms of my level of patience to really work on that. And then also look at things as, is it, is this really a deal breaker? Is this really the end of the road or are you just stuck in your ways? And some of it was really just that, you know, and then in the grand scheme of things, does this really matter? You know, I think like when you're dating and and we talk about this too with you and your partner, when you're dating someone and you're trying to look at them as a life partner, you have to think about what really matters and does this person have my best interest in all those things at heart. And I think sometimes you know, we go into a younger as I want my ideal black man. He got to be six feet tall. He had went to this school. He has to have these things. As you get older, some of those things fall away. But I think you still kind of give a side eye to like, he still don't. Right. And so I think for this, given that not majority of the things that I typically are on my lower on my list were not there. It forced me to have to try different things and try them over and over and over to see, you know, if it was worth anything. Well, I mean, obviously it was worth something. Because of the growth that you've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying like, okay, the next time I date, like maybe the first thing they do that's like, uh, I won't cut it off. But also I want to remind you of you saying that like boundaries were important. So I imagine that's also one of those key lessons that you'll also apply in dating relationships. That was, I guess, an unexpected benefit of being on the show, you know? So you be mindful of how you protect your peace moving forward. But I mean, there's always trade-offs, but there's a difference between trade-offs and settling. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know the the distance between the two for yourself and what you feel comfortable with. But cutting it off as soon as somebody like blinks the wrong way or 
that salmon is blinking <laughs> but i'm listening questions i'm like so you do what and where and who and how long are you even doing this it's just like when you start digging and like i don't think this is gonna work you know because even last week um marie and myself and janelle had a, a ex date and she pulls out tarot cards i saw <laughs> she pulls out tarot cards and i was just like whoa um well, you know, I have nothing against different people's spiritual practices, you know, um, I mean, like I went to, I went to Catholic school. I lived in Muslim countries. I've done all the things. I have a very, I would say broad view of what Christianity can look like for many people. Mm-hmm. I think I was just blindsided. I didn't know that was coming. So when we go out to watch this first clip, you'll see my, um, my mentee, not Ayla, who I just adore. And I wish I had a play like that too, because everybody's talking about this soft side that I supposedly just don't have. Um, <laughs> like, girl. So anyway, um, she is also devout Christian, mm. but she also um, is into the crystals and meditations and um, readings and all of these things too. So the reason I brought her was because I wanted her to be able to assess the connection with Marie to say, do you think that this can still work? Because faith is very big to me, right? And where exactly do you lie within this particular space as it relates to faith? Because my my understanding of tarot card, my own ignorance, um, was New Orleans eased by you. Okay, no. That is definitely... That was that all I knew <laughs> was eased by you. And then when I went down to New Orleans, I would see them on the street and the people with the bones and stuff. And I was like, mm-mm. Yeah, no. I mean, first of all, you have to be like open to being read, right? So like anything with anybody's spiritual energy, crystals, tarot, Reiki, like whatever it is, like you have to say this is something I'm a willing participant in. So I understand why you felt blindsided. And also, like I could tell from her question that she's a person who's very aware of like um, an expansive spiritual palette because not the average person asks like, what's emotional safety mean to you, right? Like that signaled to me that she was kind of on a different kind of wavelength and vibration. But at the same time, like, I feel like I haven't been able to pull, like, process where Marie is. Like, is he agnostic? Like, some of his stuff about his, like, dietary things feels like, okay, maybe you're, like, spiritual, like, tarot, like, ancestral reading. But he hasn't quite, to me, defined it yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be difficult for you to assess spiritually how aligned or misaligned you all are when it's like, oh, you pulled this in and you said it's important to you, but you didn't bring it up. Like, why not let me know that this is something that's important to you? And then maybe I'm cool with you pulling a card. Maybe it's going to let me know something about it. But until I know the context, don't just like whip it out. Like, let me know what's going on, especially because like, it's not just something that you should just pull out a card and read someone. Like, yeah. it's a, a spiritual exchange. Like, and, and I'm energy also, space too. Like, exactly. and, and it's, it's not with multiple people, right? So it's kind of one of those things where you kind of like, Let's move into this together. So on this date, um, that is literally the bulk of the conversation. Because I will say too, for people who don't watch the show, many of these dates and scenes are like two and a half hours long. Oh. Yeah. So this date with me, him, and Chris, and um, my two friends Mm -hmm. is about two and a half hours. And they cut it down to five minutes. Oh, gosh. 
So I think that's the thing too when you'll see casting talk about, oh, it's a lot of editing or it's not edited clearly. Oh, because a lot of the conversations are like looping over different things. Mm. But the date literally was two and a half hours. So we talked, I mean, we went talked extensively over the spiritual thing. We talked over this. We talked, we talked over a bunch of things, but what they clipped together is what they wanted people to see, right? Because she was asking the emotional safety piece was actually, she was asking, this was on that softer conversation. And she was saying, well, what is, do you know what emotional safety is? Because women are typically safer and more calm with people that they feel safe with. It doesn't mean that they are not soft or they're not this. They just do that with people that they feel safe. And maybe that person doesn't feel that way with you yet, which is why you're not getting that side of them. You know what I'm saying? Can I also say that the softness thing has been really bothersome to me? Because <laughs> how do we define how soft women can show up? Why are we making that only be someone who's like, oh, yes, okay, I listen to what you have to say. Like, no, I'm very soft for my man, but I'm getting Talk to know it. you, right? And yeah. I know I don't come across as soft, probably never have, never will. Mm -hmm. But I do have a soft place for him to land, mm -hmm. for him to land. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for you, it's, I feel like you're not getting the benefit of the doubt or the grace that that side of you exists. And that side of you might not look like the typical side that people mm -hmm. quantify when they see in their mind a soft woman, right? Like, yeah. I think we need to push back on that narrative personally because it's like, you don't get to decide for me. Well, I think that is it too, right? But I also think that goes with casting because what I've noticed about this show is regardless of what you present, they are casting you in a character, Right. So if you think of every show, there's going to be the bubbly cheerleader. There's the, I mean, go back to the real world. There's the ditzy blonde. There's the, the macho dude who's kind of like here, but nobody really knows what's going on. There's the overly faith-based person. You know, you have that. Sometimes it can be male or female. Mm -hmm. um, then you can have the person who's completely opposite. You're going to have the party person. So it's... it's archetypes. It's, it's, it, you have yeah. the archetypes there. So I think for this one, which I would wish that they just kind of let it go, is just let people just do their own thing. They'll kind of create... They'll give you what you want if you let it go. But this here is they need to create. So they want to have the corporate, don't need a man, but she, can, she want a man type thing and so I feel like that's the energy that they're continuously pushing that to you, you know what I'm saying because it's not that they're not soft it's one I'm just like why why are we keep going over this you know like <laughs> why is this a constant thing um because even in the thing I talked about I said you know my concerns are consistency and the words not matching actions because in a lot of the conversations is you know, I like how you took charge of the situation. I like how you ran that meeting because we had a cast meeting at one point. You know, I like how you got everybody on board. I like how you did this. I like you. All things that are down, like, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I like, so I'm kind of like, mm. I'm confused on what's, what's not landing because it just doesn't make sense, you know? And then when you're talking about softness, I'm like, okay, you want me to talk in a softer tone, but what? You know, and, and it's a lot of concession on very early, I feel, on very, um, very things that are not like small things. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are not like, because even though it's like, I want you to call me more. I was like, okay, but I'm constantly, you want me to keep calling you, but everything I do, you got a problem with. Like, it just, it makes it really hard to, you know, create a unique, I mean, a, a, a natural connection because it's like, you can't win. You, you can't win. And I think sometimes when we think about black women, 
we are the only group of women who are not able to just be. Yeah. We, if we cry, there's an issue. If we snap back, there's an issue. If we silent, there's an issue. If we show up this way, there is never an opportunity where you can just be. And I think that's unfortunate because even on this show, just let people be. Just let them be and let them take on whatever kind of, what it, let's let them do their thing. Like no one needs to be all of these things. Some people just need to be on the show and just let them date how they want to date. Yeah, especially when you're dating multiple people all in the same setting. You're hearing what other people are saying about the person that you just came off of a date with. You know, like you're getting Ooh, that's a good point different sides of them and you're hearing how they're showing up for one person versus showing up for you. Like that's a lot of emotional stuff. And that's a great point. And I don't think people always underthink about that too, right? It's kind of like, you know, I went on this date with, you know, I don't know, whoever. And it was, now I remember when I was like, you know, I don't know, it just felt off, you know? And then one of the ladies was like, well, it ain't like that with me. And I'm like, clearly, because we're talking about my experience. Like, it's not supposed to be that way with you, right? Um, but that does not mean that my experience wasn't that. You know, right. and it doesn't mean that it makes your experience any different. But I think, too, I think when viewers are watching it, as opposed to reading it that way, they they see it with the cattiness of she mad because he did this for her and he didn't do that for her. I don't think there's I will. I can honestly say I don't feel like that was the case with any of the ladies this season. Like, I don't feel like anyone was upset that someone showed up differently for anybody. Um, I think we just always just kind of going through it. Now, I think some things we heard was like, dang, for real, girl, that's what it was. You know, you can see that in the lounge, but I don't feel like it was anything at that level for this group. I would say I appreciated that. I think in the lounge this week, mm -hmm. they someone got a gift yeah. and someone in the same the other person didn't. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know he was giving out gifts, you yeah. know, but it wasn't like I'm mad that she got one and exactly. I didn't. Exactly. Because it wasn't. And But, you know, honestly, it rarely is with us. And yeah. I think that's why anytime people try to, like, typecast or, uh, you know, give an archetype of a person, it's like, this isn't a holistic view of them. Just mm -hmm. like when you're dating the men, different people saw different versions of them. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing true for all genders, right? Yeah. Like, people show up differently, different ways at different times, depending on what their energy is given. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I like where you were going with that. So, but before we continue, I want us, we're going to break real quick for our commercial break. Thank our sponsors who are allowing us to do this amazing podcast, DCH, and of course, good old Ezra Coffee. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then after that, we're going to come back and watch our first clip. So welcome back to the So Off Script Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Taylor, and I am here with my amazing friend, Brittany, who is also the owner of Ask BHB, which is a boutique consulting mental health and wellness agency. And she is joining us today. And also she's here in the capacity of Black Love, as she's been married nine years and with her partner for 14 years. So I'm always excited to get great marital advice from her and also dating advice because, I mean, I'm trying to get like to where she is. But we are recapping season uh, eight, episode seven of Ready to Love Dallas. And this episode, we are talking about meeting the friends. And so some of the cast members get to meet my friends to see if, you know, this is a great and potential match. Chris, if you're interested, you see wife qualities. What are those? Um, um, 
answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, y'all, she's a beautiful woman. She's a sexy woman, right? I'm very attracted to her physically. I'm still waiting on the wife quality. Past the physical, what do you see the addition being to your world yeah, with Jessica? One of the qualities that I do want in my wife and my mate is that we're able to communicate with each other in those romantic ways and felt that maybe she could have reached out a little bit more. Are you talking about the softer side of her that you are missing? Oh, the, she must have been talking to y'all. She must have been talking to y'all, yeah. She does have a strong personality, and she's in a woman of authority, you know, within what she does, right? So I'm looking for more of that softer side, the more vulnerable side of her, and that's what I need. One of the things about Jessica is that I know you're a strong woman, you're great in your career, you're an entrepreneur, but that part is okay. Let me see how you can love. Let me understand your love language. It's funny, but that's the edit I was talking about, because you can even see what she said and what he said didn't even, like, that didn't flow. But, yeah, like, that date was literally about two, two and a half hours. Okay. Well, first of all, the pause. And talking about your physical appearance first. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it when you said, like, can we, you know, get to the wife qualities? No, like, but the music that they used over that was hilarious. Like, the drum-up music was definitely funny. No, I, at least I thought it was. No, it was hilarious. And because we were, like, waiting, like, okay, beautiful, sexy, <laughs> I'm very attracted. Like, okay, we got three things. I haven't heard anything about who she is. You're just talking about how she looks. Right, right. And all of this time, like, you guys have been on multiple dates. So yeah. that was the thing, like... It felt, honestly, it felt like he saw you but doesn't see you. So it's funny that you bring that up. So on our um, on our ex date, which was the episode before this, um, when I met his ex, Val, and we all went out to eat and stuff, whatever, there was a moment where um, Aries was on a date too. Mm -hmm. And so Aries says, because I'm like, I'm running out of questions. Like, you know, what, what are we talking about? So Aries says, she said, well, I had asked him earlier, how does he see me showing up in his life? And I said, oh my God, girl, that's a good question. Um, because of course, we're all dating each other. So there's no issue here. And so I said, I said, how do you see me showing up in your space? And he goes, um, well, I think you can do great with my corporate partners and at my corporate meetings, you can show up well and, you know, you can just kind of take charge of things and I know things would be together. And I was like, no, not nine to five, Jessica, like the other elements, right? And so he was like, uh, well, you know, this and that. And it was just really paper things. Like you went to a good school, you went to this and a third. And I was like, okay, like this is not really, it's not really connecting on where we are. And I, and I know I had already kind of been like, eh, but I think there was when I was like, yeah, this is just not going to work. And it's funny because I saw that a lot growing up. And I also saw a lot of that <laughs> in my friends who were getting married right out of school. It was not so much, and I don't even want to say it was arranged, but it was black arranged, right? Like it was, you were in Jack and Jill with them. You did this together. You did a cotillion together. Both of our parents were in the same, so we're in the same social circles. It was kind of like, you're supposed to be together because it looks great on paper. And that was one thing that I noticed. And I was been very intentional with my personal dating. I'm not going to do that. Because I saw a lot of my friends, my friends and their parents who did that. They married because it looked great on paper. They looked great on paper. But when I was spending night at their house, it was World War Three. Like no, thank you. all the time. And I was like, I didn't want that. Matter of fact, in the date I even said, um, this is giving very Christmas card energy. 
That's a I good did. way to. I said, yeah. very, giving very Christmas card energy, and he goes, "What?" And I was like, "This is very Christmas card energy." I said, "Because this is the couple that shows up with the amazing Christmas cards and the cute outfits. The wife can't, the kids can't stand their parents. The wife is over here, he cheating, but for the optics, everybody looks great." Everybody looks great. And so I was like, yeah, that's kind of where it was. But no, the music was, <laughs> the music was it hilarious. It yeah, drama. it definitely added to the drama. But I think too is even in that space is, that's fine. That's why I was like, let's just amicably go our separate. And I think that's the important part of dating, right? It's like when you go through the process, you meet people, you like them, you try them out, you don't like them, you try them again, you know, because here you have to keep trying. You yeah. know, because even before I was like, when our lounges, I had told Tommy, I said, I think I'm going to create some distance, you know, hear me out though. So my mom used to always say, if I keep them too close, I can't see them good. <laughs> She's always say that. And I was like, what kind of slave stuff is this? But when I thought about it, it made sense. When you like people genuinely as a person and you have them in your immediate space, you don't see things very clearly because you're seeing them for the vantage points of how you like them and how you experience. So sometimes you can look over things that are really there, but you don't see that because you're looking at them from the space of how you enjoy them. That's real. I also think you brought friends that would reflect that back to you in an honest way, right? Like, cause Tony could have gotten irritated that he wasn't saying anything about who you were, but instead was like, huh, like laughing it off. Like, I feel like that's a good representation of how much thought and energy you put into like every single piece of this. Right? Oh yeah. I was very intentional in everything that I wanted to do within this, even selecting my friends. I have a repertoire of amazing people in my life. I have an amazing board of directors. I have amazing people. I'm, I'm a freaking sorority. I have, I have tons of people that I could touch to be on this, but I picked Naela. Um, she is one of my mentees. I've been mentoring her since she was seventh grade. Oh, that's so sweet. Girl. And it just, she makes me so proud. Um, Within the program I met her in, and then she went to Ohio State University when I was working there. She went to school there. She graduated from there. Like, I'm just uber proud of her. And then I convinced her to move to Dallas. I was like, girl, you ain't doing nothing in Ohio. Just come down here. Like, you're going to have much more fun. But more importantly, not only is she faith-based, she also has an understanding of the spiritual realm as well, like in terms of crystals and things like that. So I wanted to get her guidance on what that looked like. And then Tony is not only one of my bestest, closest friends and business partner, but he is always brutally honest. Yeah. Whether you want to hear it or not, like he is going to give it to you straight. And I know genuinely in his heart of hearts, he only wants what's best for me. Um, and so I really picked both of them and both of them seen all the toads too. Like <laughs> as I'm kissing people to get to my Prince Charming, they seen all of them. They can say, you're walking back into the same patterns because sometimes we date the same people and just with different clothes. Yeah. And those patterns, when you want to really break them, you have to be really, really intentional about what it takes to break them because it's the reason why it's a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. There's a comfort there. There's a familiarity yeah. there. And it's like, you got on a different shirt. Something about you feels familiar. Very much so. Very much so. And I think, too, is even when things are jacked up like that, we still will choose them because at least we know the outcome because we are familiar. That part. Even if the familiar makes us uncomfortable, yeah. it's comfortable going to that familiar place. Because at least I can control the outcome of this as opposed to stepping out and taking faith into this unknown space and doing something very different. That's real. <laughs> right. Like, especially in dating, 
it is it is hard. So I don't know. I'm I look to you and your partner all the time because I feel like you guys just have a beautiful union. And at the at the core of all things, y'all are friends and y'all have fun together. And I think when when I'm looking for a partner, that's one thing is can we have fun together? Can we can we enjoy life? Like no accolades, no nothing, just enjoy each other. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not dating a resume. I'm dating a human being. Come on. Right? I mean, my man is fine. But also, like, even if he wasn't, I need to be able to come home to you and feel not only safe but excited. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I joke with my friends. I say, I still get excited when I hear the garage door go up when I found out, like, yeah. when he's been away. Like, I still feel that. And this all these years later. But that's because, like, I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what he's going to do. I know we're going to kick it. I know we're going to have fun. I know he's going to have a joke or something that we can like laugh about either from past, present or future. And it's really beautiful to be able to have that kind of familiarity. And him and I aren't from the same place. You know, we both have parents that wouldn't care about that kind of pedigree. But for us, it was like, how were you raised? Right? Like, what do you value? And even if, you know, we were totally different. If our values were aligned, I think that would help. But gratefully, we really are like two sides of the same coin in many ways. And something you mentioned earlier about like trade-offs, like my husband is eternally late. Eternally. He's late to everything. For Sounds any like reason, it, at any time, that's his like lifestyle. The same club. <laughs> Y'all are. And when we first got together, I was like, oh my God. Like it was one of those moments. I was like, can I deal with this? I'm type A. I am very like put together on point. And he's like, hmm. I'll get there when I get there. But over time, you know what that's made me do? Take a step back. I know he's going to be running 15 to 20 minutes late. So let me pour a glass of wine or read a book or sit still because it's not worth me disrupting my household Uh for me to get to wherever it is on time. Everybody knows if she's coming with him, it's going to be behind schedule. And we just embrace it about one another. And by all means, I have cut it down to 10 minutes late. It used to be 45 So we have made progress. We have made progress. But, you know, again, I'm not going to let the, like, rigidity of me get in the way of the fun that we have together. And that's been an important thing to really embrace. And has grown me in ways I would have never guessed. My friends are like, you did what? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I trust him. That's safety. You know, anytime that we're late to something, he'll figure out how to make up for it. So it is what it is. And I, ha- I had to get okay with that and okay yeah. with that growth that it required of me. Yeah. I think, and I think that's so important too is what we talked about earlier. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth the energy of you having an attitude and then you carrying the attitude in and then him tiptoeing around trying not to make sure, trying to come always make you all because we're tardy? Like it's really not worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's, I operate because I'm I am that late person. <laughs> you know, I'm just like when I get there, then it's just gonna be an amazing time. <laughs> right. When I get there. And you guys should just be excited because I'd rather be late and safe than early and hurt. So I'm just gonna get there when I get there. Cause typically when you're late now, you're rushing and you're speeding and you know all these other things, right? Um, but I think that is so important. And that's what I was saying earlier. I really had to get to a space to where when I wrote down my list of what I wanted in a person I, and I look at it so funny I look at it all the time and I start noticing I start going back through and scratching stuff off oh that's big and scratching stuff off because I wrote this list and I put it in my bible um and I put it there and I said you know I'm not gonna go back to it I'm gonna write down what I want and I'm gonna believe that God will bless me with these things with these with this 
this type of partner, right? And so the first list I wrote, it had a lot of things that don't matter. Um, and then now as I'm getting, not even just getting older, but just being around more married couples, being around more people, I'm starting to be like, that don't matter. That don't matter. That's huge. That doesn't matter. Yeah, because it really doesn't, you know? And my um, my one friend told me, she said, always make sure that you're dating the person for where they are and then also make sure that they'll be able to grow with you where you're growing to because you, both of you all should be growing. Um, and I had to think about that because sometimes people I, that you date, they're great for where you are in that season. And if you don't ever plan on leaving that season, you'll be okay. But if you do... And how will you be thoughtful about growing together, right? Mm -hmm. There are some seasons where you're in a growth season and some seasons where you're in a, like, you're being sown, Ooh, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's been an important thing. And our partnership has been kind of assessing where the other person is seasonally, right? Like, okay, you're having a great time career-wise, but, oh, you seem like you're a little tired. You might not be doing enough for your body. How can I support you in this way? Yeah. Oh, actually, you seem to be doing really well in this facet, but I've noticed that you know, you're you're kind of slacking off in this way. What what can we do together to make sure that that gets some of your attention, right? Reflecting that back to your partner is something that I think that we're really thoughtful about. Like he's constantly like, Brittany, you cannot eat pizza and cheese steaks all the time. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I hear you. And when you have somebody who lives in your house who like cares enough about you to say like, I need your diet to reflect how long I want you here. That's mm -hmm. an act of love, Yeah. right? And he just had to drag me one day because I was really arguing about this, Jessica. I was like, if I want pizza, I'm getting pizza. And he was like, well, I'm sorry that I want you here for as long as I'm here. Oops. And if you won't care for your body, then that's on you. But that is where my intention is. It's not to control you or to demand anything mm. of you. It is because I don't see you caring for yourself the way that I think you should. That's love. Unconditional. Unconditional. Yeah. And that's one thing I was talking about, too, like... That type of love, you can't quantify those type mm -mm. of... It, it's just who you are. Yeah. And it's in how you value that person. And that's... And I said, you know, this space where we are now, where everybody's on this plate fixing and 50, 50, $200 dates. Ridiculous. <laughs> you're never going to get that type of partner approaching dating with those ideals and the gender roles. You do this, I do that. Just... Can we just be like... Right. If the trash need to be taken out, just, just get it. It doesn't matter who does it. Let's just work as a team to make th sure things get done. Child, meanwhile, he irons my clothes. He hems my pants. Like, <laughs> he does all of these things, right? Right. Like, neither one of us ascribes to traditional gender roles. Ironically, I'm one of those, like, authoritarian women. Yeah. Right? And he's like, whatever. Like, when you the boss, you the boss. Big up to you. I got the baby here at home. And when he needs to be that, I have the baby at home. Like, it is not that difficult. People put all this additional pressure on it because they want to appear in a certain way. Like, people have called us a power couple. I'm like, the power is in our union, not in how we show up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, don't, don't ascribe that one to me because I've seen plenty of power couples who can't stand each other when they get home. I don't intend to ever be it's one of those people. Energy. You won't see our picture <laughs> and be like, oh, they look good, but they probably, no, we look good because we feel good. And I want yeah. that to be forever, right? And I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure that that's the case. So from a meditation wellness standpoint, what are some things that you would suggest that people do with, with their partner and then maybe even individual as an individual to kind of recenter themselves and ensure that they are always putting their best foot forward? 
Well, him and I pray together. Mm -hmm. So he is a silent meditator. Mm -hmm. I like guided meditation. So that's mm -hmm. one key difference, right? You have to figure out what actually brings you calm. I have a couple of folks that meditate with me that they're like, I can't just sit there silently. Like, it's too overwhelming for me. I need to give my mind something to do, which is when you have what they call guided meditation. Yeah. So it's a combination of breathing and then like kind of thoughtful, reflective prompts, I would come, I would say. So some folks do like visualization where they're like, imagine you're in a field where it's, okay. you know, that's a certain level of meditation. And then there's mind that kind of merges that imagination and play with also saying like, and how will you center things for yourself? What will you call in for yourself? What are you visualizing you'll be in this next season or whatever the case may be? So pulling in both. And then I would also say being still is a key piece of meditation. So like you mentioned that sometimes like you'll just listen to it when you're about to go in to something, right? That's still a moment of stillness, even though you're not sitting there going, mm, which is how most people picture meditation. Yeah. I think about our ancestral versions of meditation. My grandmother was a meditator, even if she wouldn't call it that. When you're humming in your kitchen, you're moving around. You don't have anything going on, but you're just singing and cooking. That's a moving meditation, right? Ooh. You're allowing your mind. I never thought about it that way. It's a fact. It's a fact. Or like when your granny said, I'm just resting my eyes. Every shot I ain't sleep. You're meditating. You're taking some time to focus oh, on yourself, right? I never thought, because my grandmother used it all the time. And she would say, she would go in the kitchen and I would like, what's your And she'll tell us, she's like, y'all can't come in here right now. I got to go talk to the father about some things. Exactly. And we would always look like, who was said father? There's no one here. <laughs> Serious. And what she would go in the kitchen because my grandmother's house, they had the swing door. Yep. The kitchen from the swing door to the uh, living room. And she would go in there and you would hear her literally humming yep. and just walking, humming and just walking. And then even when she would come and stay with us, because she would stay with us six months on. And then my dad's mom would come stay with us six months on. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, listen, what I, I promise that is one thing I definitely look for in dating. Your parents. Absolutely. Especially because I'm short a parent. So I always look to see what do your parents look like? Because I really, really want my grand my child to have an amazing grandmother. So I because I know what it was like to have one. And so I hate that they won't experience my mom. So I'm always looking to make sure that they have one. But even when it was like my grandmother comes to our house, you will hear her at night walking. Yep. Humming, walking, praying, humming. And I never thought about it from a meditation because she sometimes she'll be praying and sometimes she ain't. She just humming and walking yeah. and she would touch things and she would just move. For, and it was really for us, you know, we just knew that she was, she we always knew she talking to the father and we just knew it as that. And we just stayed out of her space. Right. But that's her realigning. Yeah. And she's probably praying and also reflecting and also thinking and working through and grieving or whatever else she was carrying yeah. with her. But I think we forget those examples because in adulthood, you think that you kind of know all the things, mm -hmm. right? But there are ancestral examples of people who took their time and thought through things, right? I think about Shell and Peas on the porch of my grandmother. We didn't oh. have any music playing. We were just sitting out there. Sometimes we would talk, sometimes we wouldn't, yep. right? That movement of your hands, that meditative quilting, that's another moving meditation. Yeah. And so I think that's why I really embrace it because there's enough space for you to kind of find mindfulness, whatever feels right for you. Mm -hmm. But 
It's that censoring. It's that intention that really allows for that level of wellness to come forth, right? I mentioned how my spouse is always tardy. That was also part of my mindfulness practice. I'm like, okay, you know what? Instead of saying we're about to be late to something, what can I do to center my peace in this moment instead of focusing on what isn't and focus on what is? Right. Mm. I have a few more minutes to get myself together before I'm out and about. I have a few more minutes to apply a little bit more makeup or to take a deep breath or to read a little bit. It's always an opportunity to reframe things. That's what mindfulness has offered me is that active reframe because I'm slowing down enough to think through what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm behaving. And if I'm giving myself the space to just be. Because like you said earlier, Black women don't get that space. For me, an act of liberation is me showing up as a fully autonomous Black woman who does what I want when I want. Mm -hmm. That's liberation. And that also includes me saying, actually, I can't. I'm going to meditate for about 10 minutes and then I'll come back to it. Mm -hmm. I even say that at work. Oh, can you make a decision? Actually, I cannot. I'll call you back in about 20 minutes. I need to go meditate on it. Or I need another 24 hours to see how it marinates in my spirit. And taking up that space. Yeah. It's been transformational. I have, a, and, and it's, I'm glad you brought it up because I had to do that in business too. Because I I have a um, hyper reactive personality um, to where, and I felt like, and this is just me in terms of my own working through my own stuff. I felt like if I did not have an answer or I did not have a response in that moment, it would come across as if I did not know. Right. So I was always quick to provide a response, even if it wasn't how I felt, or even if it was I just felt like I need to give an answer. Right. And that's not always the case. It's okay. So my grandma used to say, um, girl, I need to go lay my burdens now. <laughs> and I find myself saying that all the time because Me too. even with Ezra, when everybody was, you know, running into retail during the pandemic and they were like, y'all need to go to Target and this and the third, whatever, whatever. And we were on, we're on Target.com. We're doing well. But I had to really sit with myself and say, does that make sense for us right now? Mm-hmm. And the answer was no, because the other thing that you didn't bring up that I noticed too in that space is it allows you to block out the thoughts of others oh, and the yes. opinions of others and oh, just yes. sit with what it is that you're trying to do and what you're trying to focus on. Because if you allow them, those same parts that'll blow you up will not be there here to shoot you back down. No, and you have to be able to be okay with that as well too, right? So, which is a great segue to lead me into strong-mindedness. And how we think about strong mindedness. So this next clip, still from season eight, Ready to Love, episode seven, meeting with the friends. This clip is another clip from the date with myself, Tony, Naela, and my two connections. I actually like her strong side. This is actually one of the things that, that turns me on about her. Me personally, I'm a strong individual. So I don't like weak-minded people at all. I appreciate that. What does emotional safety mean to you? I believe I need to be with somebody I can tell my nightmares and my dreams to. Verbalizing that for emotional purposes, just to make sure that I stay grounded and guarded, I have to do it. How do you get past where you are if it's a negative feeling? Well, I do. Therapy is one. My father transitioned. Mm -hmm. It got to some very dark moments. Mm -hmm. That is what started it to say, hey, Marie, let's go do therapy. I appreciate that. Chris, you in therapy? I do uh, virtual therapy. Okay. Um, So, yes. And something, I think everybody needs it. (laughs) Because it's like going to the gym. Once you get in shape, you got to keep going to stay in shape. Oh, yeah. He's senior level therapy. (laughs) He went from hero to superhero. (laughs) I just have to say, I'm happy to see two black men on national television saying they both go to therapy. I think everybody needs therapy. Everyone. 
everyone. So I was very excited and heartened to see that. I am curious about how you balance strong-minded versus weak-minded and what the definition is and differences are there Mm -hmm. um, that I'm sure probably came across in the conversation, but not in that clip. But for them to both say like, yes, we both go to therapy, that was like a a good feel for me. Yeah. I think too, it's becoming more of a topic within conversation within our community. Um, Because as much as I love my grandparents too, they were so faith-based that they believed that prayer took care of everything. Oh, yeah. You know, we're just going to pray it away. This happens, we're just going to pray it away. And I'm like, no, some things you need to talk through, you know, because even um, my parents, you know, my mother and my father were very different. But my father comes from the era of do as I say. Mm. And there is no question. There is no rebuttal. There is nothing. And then not only do as I say, do it expeditiously. And do it how I told you to because I pay for everything here, you know? And so he comes in that very patriarchal, you know, oversight, overseer type, you know, energy. And and it took some while because me and my daddy are very much alike, like two peas in a pod, right? Um, and so I had to really had to learn how to communicate with my dad that hurt my feelings. You know, and then also allow him the opportunity to learn how to respond to me saying that hurt my feelings because my dad is still I mean, he's he's black and white. And I notice it shows up a lot of my personality, too. You know, in terms I'm like, what's the issue? Like, let's move on. And it's like, no, you need to address how you feel about it. Move because even if you move on, you're still moving on and you're going to deal with that person from the energy that that instance puts you in. So being really able to verbalize like, no, let's stop and address this, have a conversation. And then even also too, with my dad asking, well, why? Why do I need to do what you want me to do right now? Because I say so, but why? And not why, because I'm questioning your judgment or what you're saying, but I just want to have a context for understanding as to why that was your decision, why that was your directive. And I think it's really helped us in our space, in our relationship, is understanding how to communicate with each other and understanding we communicate with each other very differently. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what therapy does. It lets you hear yourself enough to figure out how to communicate what you really want to say to the people that matter the most to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And also knowing that some people don't have the emotional capacity to give you the answer that you want. And so adopting your communication and adapting it to make sure that you're able to share what you need to share and whatever they bring back to you is like, that's on you. I'm owning my piece of it and that's it, right? I start asking people, what did you hear me say? Because what I said may be one thing, but what did you hear me say? Because you're not responding to what I said. You're responding to what how you felt about what I said. So what did you hear me say? And I've noticed doing that as well. People are giving me very different. I'm like, but that's not what I said. Well, yes, it is. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. You're indicating a lack of understanding of my perspective. <laughs> and I want to back us up and make sure that you really understand what I mean. And something that I'll also do to get ahead of it is say, well, I'm perceiving that you're saying this, and this is how it's landing for me. Is that your intention? Mm. And sometimes the reframe and how people are hearing how it's landing, they'll say, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Well, what you said indicated that. Mm-hmm. So maybe think about a different way to say it to me that's going to land in a different way because right now I don't accept what you're putting out. Again, therapy makes you very, very good about your boundaries emotionally and otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I'm good with it because I'm glad you mentioned your dad because with parents, that's where a lot of the work happens. I committed to therapy when I got pregnant Mm -hmm. because I was like, I do not want my child to have a childhood he has to heal from. Now, of course... 
There's going to be things that I can't control. You know, he might say, oh, I didn't like that my mama wore brown lipstick. I mean, who knows what he might come up with. But I wanted to do myself and him and my spouse that level of service of saying, you know what? I'm going to focus on being the best me so I can show up in these roles with as much as I can offer. And I feel like not enough people see therapy that way. Like when I told my parents I was going to therapy, my mom was like, are you okay? Is everything all right? And I was like, well... Yes and no. I'm also pregnant. And so I want to make sure that I, you know, get ahead of like my anxiety, my stress, all of the things that I'm carrying. I want to be in right relationship with me. Mm. Right. And that's what therapy offers, that level of balance. And again, for you to hear yourself, that's why meditation and therapy go so hand in hand. Because when you think about our lifestyles and how much is put on us. Yeah. Not only are you like blocking out what other people are saying, you're also blocking out what you're saying to yourself that might not be fair, right? Old self-talk, things that you have internalized from others. I tell people all the time, comparison is a thief of joy. I say it all the time when I meditate and I say it all the time in general. Because when you need to hear yourself, when you need to focus on your own personal growth, you can't compare your growth to someone else's. You have to center yourself. You have to hear yourself. You have to give yourself credit for where you are. Like you crossing things off that list, Girl, if we weren't had these mics, I would have came over there and hugged you. <laughs> because I mean, that's so ma- like people, they don't know how major that is for yeah. you. For you to say, I'm gonna let go of previous perceptions of what I need. I'm gonna redefine it for myself. That's so powerful and so beautiful and so vulnerable mm-hmm. to say, I can let some things go and mm-hmm. I'll still be okay. Does it really matter? What a good grounding practice, yeah. right? And thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. Because it is. I feel like we are all designed to be partnered. I don't feel like he put us here to be alone, right? And then say already married. Right. But I do believe that we should be as humans partnered, right? Uh, with whatever, whatever that looks like for you. But I think too is just sometimes I notice within my upbringing, my space, a lot of the things that were perceived or that were pushed added no value. Right. They had no value and it didn't give you an understanding of who that person, what type of university they went to does not tell you what type of person or what kind of partner they're going to be for you. Definitely not. Because I went to an Ivy and trust me, I don't want to be married to one of them. Do you hear me? (laughs) Not a one. Not a one. But a lot of people think like that's the big thing to do. That's the big thing to do. But we're going to pause real quick. Go to a commercial break. Um, And then after that, we have another clip that we're going to talk about as well, too. Okay, so we are back with the Soft Script Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Taylor, current cast member of Ready to Love Dallas. And we are recapping episode seven, season eight of this particular season. I'm joined here with my really good girlfriend, um, Brittany, who is the founder and owner of, of Ask ASK BHB, which is a holistic wellness and meditation con- boutique consultancy agency. And so I really wanted her to be here as well too, because she has been with her partner for 14 years, married nine, and I truly adore their relationship and just her outlook on being a great partner. So thank you again for being here with us today, boo. I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you. (laughs) So I think what we were talking about before we went to break, where you were talking about too, was asking me about my list and telling me that you were going to cut those scenes. 
And to be honest, Britt, when I noticed it, when I sat down, because this is like my second or third time doing this and I had a new therapist and, you know, I'm going to church. Uh, I go to the Potter's house. So I'm going there and everything. We're talking about relationships. And this is also the era of everybody's talking about relationships. Every everybody. podcast mm-hmm. is about a relationship. My God. Even the preachers is talking about it now. Like, Jesus, I just wanted to come and what other stuff is in there? Tell me something else. <laughs> Lord, what about the one with the issue of blood? We ain't talking about her no more. <laughs> so, um, so on my list, I noticed though, when I start crossing those things off, you know what I was really, I got honest with myself. I realized that my list was not even really my list. My list contained a lot of things that a lot of my single aunties mm. and my single auntie friends um, and older people around me had on their list that they didn't get, that they constantly pushed to me were ideal things that I needed to have or needed to ask God for within a partner. Isn't that so interesting that your list came from your single aunties and not the happily married ones and adopting that yeah. into your list, right? Because if you think, but when, and when I think about it too, when you think about it, you're not, that's not who you're around. No. You're not because these the, aunt, the single auntie she got time she gonna pick you up she ain't got nothing to do you go to, she the other ones have other things that they need to do I'm gonna get you with your cousins and we'll do X you know um and then even I but guess what she has single friends too right you know so it's it's this constant thing and so I don't think there's any there was any malice in it is mm-hmm. because I really feel is don't miss what I did doing these things. So make sure you look for this, 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 and this. But you only know what's really important through experience. And given that that experience wasn't always there, I noticed that some of the things were missing. Like one of my um, one of my good friends who's married, she said, he is a great father, but he is not a good husband. Ooh. Mm. And that was the first time that I even thought about that things might be separate. I wager that they're not because your child seeing you not be a good spouse is a problem in it unto itself. But it with that being said, there are some people that are like, oh, this is my flesh and blood, my responsibility. I'm going to give it my all. And they're giving their spouse pennies. You can keep that. But again, I had never even thought that that would be an op- that. How can you be a good father and a terrible husband? I just never thought that that. And again, you know that from experience, you're not going to know that from the out. You're not going to know that from the outside looking in. Right. You're going to see, oh, he does this and this and that. And I'm just, and I, it made me really think. And I was like, well, girl, you get push gifts and you get this. And she was like, it's typically an apology attached to it. And I said, oh. And so it really made me kind of sit and think back. Some, what people present a lot of times is what they want you to see. Girl, ain't that the truth? <laughs> you're really not going to know it until you're in it and also understanding what really matters. And so, girl, when I was going back through that list and I was just kept scratching off things, I that thing got so short. And I had a whole a whole half a sheet of paper <laughs> with commas on the lines. Like, the lines. <laughs> <laughs> and like, girl, I had, like, dog lover. He got to want a dog. He got to want two. Like, you halfway take care of your dog. So why do you even care this some? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you know, I returned that dog. I, I did. It's, it's not one of the causes I'm most excited, but it was a boundary. See, this is how I have to justify this. It was a boundary that I set that I knew that I was not going to be the best mother. And I felt it was best for us to detach. My therapy, my therapy words, to detach in that moment. <laughs> I called the people. I was like, look, <laughs> He 30 days, same as cash. So I need to have a conversation. What are we going to do? Like this thing. 
But you know why? Because I saw the dog. When you see dogs, when you go get a puppy. And I fell in love with the idea of having this puppy. And I can take great pictures on Instagram or whatever. But I did not mentally possess. I mean, I did not factor in the work. Yes, a perpetual toddler. That you can't write off on your taxes. Right. And so I was like, you know what? Let me be honest with myself. I'm just going to start slowly. I, it was like a breakup. You know when people start slowly taking their pictures <laughs> down off Instagram? <laughs> I slowly started moving the dog off Instagram. <laughs> Let me be honest with myself is what you said. Yeah, like, I, I, he was sweet. He was fun. But I was just like, Jessica, what are you doing? This is one of my pandemic purchases. What are you doing? Because my dog had died, so I wanted another dog. But the thing is, too, I went from two extremes. So I had a petite basset Grafon Vadine, that little small little dog I had. I went and got a Doberman. Now, come on now. Playing around. They're such cute puppies, though. I got a Doberman. And I was like, oh, I'll rescue him and it'll be fed. And I was just like, that dog was eating out of house and home. And you know my house like a little Z Gallery stage house. And he ran. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You about to tear I was like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. I need another little, a little old dog like what I had. They just want to go outside, potty, come in and be cuddled. That dog wanted to play. Like they are playful dogs. And and that's also too, not being honest about what you want. Right. Did you want a dog or did you just want some, like, what is it that you were actually looking for? Right. What's the root cause? What was the root? And it, it was, it was, he was refundable. So I'm thankful that. He's with another beautiful family now. I know he's very happy where he is. Oh, I did. I dropped him off. I met the people. We all had a great little bonding separation session. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a nice, nice transition. <laughs> it is. Okay. So now, since I'm probably going to be getting ate up by people on social media about what they think, we're going to go into this next clip. Is so what y'all think? <laughs> but my friends on our dates. I really ap appreciated the dad that he was willing to go to with some of his answers. I didn't get that from Chris. And we tried. Chris, the values that I was asking him that you possess, he wasn't able to articulate. He talks about you like an ideal. And so to me, that sense of... Yeah, right? Marie is going to be the person you have the opportunity to get to know a little better. I think my friends were able to see both of them differently. Marie, his words and his actions are in alignment. Chris... We have great conversations, but in our connection, there are some things that I'm not 100% crazy about, and I just think it's best for us, you know, amicably split. I'm just glad you guys came. To friends. Some things just don't work. Some things just don't work. And obviously your friends could tell. Because mm -hmm. he said, we tried, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we tried. I love Tony. But it, you know, you can't make fetch happen. Right? Like, mm -hmm. it's it's not a love match. Mm -mm. It's not. And I think, too, that goes back to, because if I were to be honest, if I looked at the list that my aunties had made, that list would be probably 80% there. Absolutely. Absolutely. They would probably, they, they match probably about 80% of what's on that list, right? Because that those were the qualities and things that they said, this is what makes a great partner. Um, but as we can see here, it just, it's just not a match. It's just not a match. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to do that. I think in this process, that's one thing we had to be open and honest with is rejection is key. Like, everybody's not going to be here jumping down the street to be in love because the purpose of us is to find what we like, what we don't like, and kind of move on through this space. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I found interesting about it, too, because especially like the 
the group dates mm-hmm. that really came across. And then also when you have like friends that are hearing how someone is talking about you, you can very quickly see like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Or are you seeing something different, right? So like, I like that it was more than one friend because a couple of the folks only had one friend. And so I think yeah. they weren't able to balance it as much because depending on the, how the person shows up, right. you know, you're going to get a different reaction from someone. But you had two different people there and it was evident that their energies are different. So they were able to kind of see a little bit more about um, especially Chris, it was like, it was start comparison, right? Like, mm-hmm. Moria is talking about losing his dad and, you know, like what therapy has meant to him and like kind of what he's looking for in partnership. Like he kind of gave that, that deep dive and Chris, very similar to like the list, like, um, here's her resume here. Here's how she looks, you know, like when you were describing that, I was like, oh, so you want a bossy trophy? You know, like <laughs> someone who looks good, who can like, but I know it's kind of, Cute, but but not for a long time partnership at all, right? Like, yeah. do it'll you, fade very quickly. It'll fade very quickly, and it was interesting because to me, based on his answers, I was my first question was, why did you even come to this date to meet my friends? I take friendship very seriously, so don't plan to meet my friends if you're planning to not be around. I know it was like required for the show, but like, I'm like, surely you should have thought about some of this before you got here. Like, you said he wanted you to reach out more, which means y'all talked on the phone, things that we haven't seen, like. You don't remember any of that when you're meeting my friends? Like, you're not pulling much of that in? Well, let's be kind of clear on a few things. <laughs> well, I'm talking that much. I think okay. the entire time of this process, um, literally beginning to end, we spoke on the phone maybe five times. Okay, but that's still a lot. Hear me out. And those five times may have... All added up to two and a half hours. Okay. So if that, if that, because one conversation was pretty lengthy. Thing for me is I am a talker, right? So I'm kind of like, oh, okay, we're talking these things, conversation, they're brief. But it's just like when I'm getting, like I said earlier, when I'm getting here, this is not matching, right? And then even too, you got to think about the things that people tell you on the phone. And then when you get there and you see different things, it's kind of like, well, you told me that y'all broke up because of like those things are also running through your mind when mm-hmm. you're when you're watch, when you're doing these dates. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to think about what they said to their ex, what they told you about the ex, and then what you're hearing the ex say about the other person. You know, so it's really like a lot of information processing that's oh, happening at yeah. one time. You know, and so you're sitting there, you're trying to get an understanding. Because even with this date, I told them, I said, here are my two people. Here are the concerns that this person has. Here are the concerns that this person has. And then here are the concerns that I have. And I want you to objectively look at these and things and see where they are. And so I shared with my friends, I said, there are concerns around levels of softness here. And hence why she knew that. I'm like, duh. Um, But it was, you know, duh, of course she knows. But it was one of those things of being able to really, to your point, be able to assess it on both sides and making sure that people had the understanding. But it wasn't like, it wanted to be clear, it's not like we're having that many conversations, you know, like it was like five times over that, which it seems probably long for here, but I just didn't feel like it was substantial, right? I mean, but see, and the reason why I assumed that there was a little bit more is because if you're saying that I need to show more softness, but we've talked for two and a half hours, you don't know if I can be soft or not. You don't know me. Yeah. And then we, uh, what's nothing too was the times we were talking where I felt were very um, unique. So like before a date or after a date, 
the day of a date, you know, these things, but there is long gaps in between the process. I'm like, are you really like maybe, you know, what is it? What are we doing? What are we doing? You know? Um, And so it's kind of interesting too, because we do our tops. We have to pick like, who are your top connections? And you have to give three every week. They ask you to give three. Now they cut up and use which one they want, but they give three every week. And so it was interesting because when we were going through the process, um, it was like, who are your top connections? And for both of us, we were the same every week. Like, I'm like, how is this still a connection? Like, it's not really making sense. And that's when I was saying earlier when I told Tommy, let me put some distance here to see if what this if this is even making sense, you know? Because I will say another thing I learned about myself, not only in this process of watching this back, is I do not, I'm not always present. Hmm. I'm there, but mentally I'm somewhere else. I'm thinking about what I got to do, what's happening after this, what do I have to take care of after this? I'm not mentally all the way tapped into what's going on, if that makes any sense. It does. And also I would say, my mama used to have a little sign on the like kitchen sink that said, be here now. Mm. I will offer you to center that intention because sometimes there's things that you can miss when you're at yesterday or a couple of hours from now or whatever that like you can be more thoughtful and intentional when you like reground yourself. So sometimes when I feel like I'm like floating away in conversation, cause I'm a, I'm a thinker. I'm always going to be mm-hmm. in a few different places. Kind of take a little deep breath to myself. And bring myself back to the present moment, right? Yeah. Because I feel like, especially when you're dating, when somebody says something that, oh, I'm now reminded of this other person I dated that said that, or I'm thinking of how you remind me of something that I might not really like. It takes you on a whole mental journey and you might miss them speaking to something that'll help you balance that perception. But since you've gone on your journey, you kind of, you know, you missed it. In this case, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> right. No, because the thing is, too, like, when I'm checked out, I'm checked out. Like Also a sign to yourself. If I'm able to check out in conversation with you, then maybe it's not a conversation I'm really invested in. Because I feel like we don't check out when we're talking to each other, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a sign. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's like, I was, I was literally black. Like, okay, what, what was now? And then sometimes, too... I get to start thinking about, okay, you said what? And then I'm now I'm a whole rabbit hole now over here and I missed everything on this side. So I think that was one thing that I, I kind of picked up on early. Um, so what I started doing was making sure that whatever I'm going into, like I was saying about the car, centering myself in the car, getting still, getting focused on that as well too. And then another thing that's been good for me, not just here, is putting my phone away. Because if I see it light up, Whatever was going on, now my, my focus is on right. what am I missing? And sometimes you're not missing anything. It's just a no, but I also cut off on notifications. And so my point is those small distractions can cause us to miss very pivotal things in life. Um, yeah. especially within the people that we're trying to pursue and date as well. Agreed. Cool beans. All righty. So in addition to that, you know I'm very big on the community. <laughs> So for those who are just tuning in, right before our commercial break, I want to let you know that we are having an amazing community day. We have a community day coming up on August 31st here in South Dallas at the Queen City Community at the X-Line Community Center. We'll be providing free haircuts, free blood pressure screenings, free physicals for the students before they go back to school if they want to play football or anything. We also have free book bags with school supplies, free food, 
voter registration. So if you're not registered, we can get you registered right there on the spot. And most importantly, we have free eyeglasses, prescription eyeglasses from Glitz Optical, which is also a black optician. We have the Black Doctors Association coming out. Also, the Black uh, Heart Association will be there as well, doing a lot of EKG screenings and things too. This is all free and open to the community. So if you are interested, make sure that you sign up in the link that's in our show notes that you can be there. It's going to be from 4 to 7 p.m. and we're definitely looking to have a great time. So that was something I really wanted us to do within this platform is to kind of use it to elevate and do some things within the community as well. That's so you. You're always out and about. I'll ask Jessica, well, what's going... Oh, well, you can do this over here and do that over there. And this person is doing a drive. And I mean, that's that's very Girl, much you. You'll be so proud of me because I've maintained some boundaries. So I don't have 50 of those a weekend. I might just do two. Yeah, that's progress. I might just do two. <laughs> and then sometimes I may not do none. So we are back from commercial break. And so with you today, Britt, we're going to do a quick lightning round. So you got to tell me the first. <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know. Are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. The first thing that comes to your mind. Um, these are going to kind of vary. So I'm just going to kind of throw them out randomly to see how we are. Um, celebrity crush. Lorenz Tate. Ooh. I can see that. Yeah. Okay, which movie? Love Jones, obviously. Okay, so you, I'm probably going to lose my black card. Don't <laughs> say it. Are you kidding me? I haven't seen it. I'm putting it on the list. <laughs> they show it at a... Say less. I went to the play that they had here. Girl, but I, I also went to the play, though. I didn't, it's not the same. I did. You need to see Lorenz. As brother to, to the night. I need it's a to whole see moment. a whole lot of black movies because I'm like they crack jokes and I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that churchy lifestyle. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Well, my next question was favorite movies, so we're gonna skip that movie. But your favorite movie would be Love Jones. Yes. Is that fair? That's correct. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought it was just because of the movie. Okay. Talking or texting? Texting. And why? Quicker and to the point. If I want to have a conversation, conversation, talking. Okay. But like to find out information, text. What are three things that you think every single woman should consider when pursuing your partner? Ooh. Does he listen? Okay. Can he say sorry? A lot of men never say sorry, ever. If you pay close attention, never. No apologies for anything. And then the third... How does he speak about his closest friends, mama, grandma, auntie, them, whoever he reveres? How does he speak about them? Does he always show love and affection? Is he balanced in how he views them? I found some men who really revere the women in, the, in their lives hold an unfair standard for how you show up. Mm. That's a whole nother topic. I like them. Okay. <laughs> Top three. What would you say are three in the reverse of that three deal breakers that they should look for? Ooh controlling, okay. have to know where you are, when you are, why you are. Um, second, cutting you off. Don't let you get a word out edgewise. That means they don't really care about what you have to say, which means they probably don't really care about who you really are. And then third, I would say poor hygiene, just because if you don't care for yourself, you won't care for me. And that's disgusting. <laughs> 
Big deal breaker. First thing that comes to your mind when you hear Reggie Love? A laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because not everybody was ready. Some people wanted to be ready. But it is girls got out. Um, and then the one thing that you would say for someone who is interested in entering the mindfulness and wellness space, what is the one thing you think they should start on? Slow Not down. Sure. Slow down. That'll be the first thing they need to do first. Mm. If you're not willing to slow down, you don't need to think about mindfulness and meditation. You got some other stuff going on. So if, once you're ready to slow down, then you can start that journey. Okay, I'm going to ask you this real quick. Difference between mindfulness and the practice of meditation. They're one in this. They're intertwined. So mindfulness is what meditation gets you to, right? Meditation is deep breathing. It is sometimes silent meditation. Sometimes you do meditation before or after yoga. Mindfulness is what you learn from meditation. So because I meditated this morning, I know, oh, you know what? I was a little bit high energy. So I'm going to slow myself down when I'm speaking. That's me being mindful about how I'm showing up. But they're intertwined. Mm, that's good. I hear some people try to separate the two. Some, for some people, they are. But whenever I meditate, I say, show up how you want, when you want. That's people that try to put rules on meditation. Mm -hmm. I don't follow that belief system. And I think you gave us some really good tips. I'm going to put them in the show notes as well, uh, the different types of meditation. So I think that'll be helpful for us to learn, too. All righty. So I don't have any more lightning round questions for you because I got sidetracked off of that one anyway. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to tell you, thank you so much for joining and sitting on the yellow couch with us oh, in the yeah. yellow chairs today to recap this episode. I am really enjoying this series. I'm really enjoying um, just being able to meet with different people and hear their perspective and then watch it back and then look at myself and be like, girl, you was cute. Or girl, work on that, you know? So that is definitely something that I'm enjoying. But most importantly, I'm thankful that you decided to join with us um, to critique this episode and also give feedback. But more importantly, just the guidance understanding that you have from being a partner for 14 years and the, and the evolution of growth between two people. Um, I truly appreciate it and adore you. I you know that. you. Thank you. Yeah, my spouse and I watch it together and we have us a good kiki every week. We're like, who's going to make it? Who's not? We don't know. We watch all the shows together. We text about them and everything. It's a very Girl. fun part of our relationship. And it's so funny because I watch these ratchet shows, not the, not this one, but like I watch some of the other ones and I'm just like, do we really know what really goes on? Like now we that I've know. been on the show, like, is that really what happened? Did she really say that to her that moment? Now I'm like looking for every little thing. I'm trying to follow the conversation to see if it's a glitch in anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm expecting these shows. So I'm glad you guys. I am. But I think is what, I think more importantly, what you said was important. You and your husband have a thing that you all do together. Oh yeah. A mindless something. That's always the best kind. The, a mindless something that you guys do together consistently. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the So Off Script podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Taylor, and we'll be here again next week giving you some updates on how you think about love, relationships, and then a few takes of the Ready to Love Season 8 Dallas show. So as a special token for you guys listening to today's episode, at the end of this episode, we will have a meditation, a guided meditation from Brittany from Ask BHB that will kind of help you as you continue to begin and or even start your mindfulness and wellness journey. So thank you to her. Make sure you check her out and make sure you follow her as well as all of her information is linked in the show notes. Again, that's Ask A-S-K-B-H-B for all your mindfulness and meditation practices.